James, how did you speak to me? What'd you eat for lunch today? Oh, I had such a good lunch today. Do you eat three meals a day? I do not. I do not eat breakfast, unless you count coffee with uh, cream breakfast, which I do. Yeah, no, co- cream has right. the calories. Yeah. yeah, Beer would be a good breakfast if it didn't do you intoxicate. Have, do you put like, uh, you know, the latest thing like coconut oil in your nah, coffee or anything? That's, I leave that to you. I'm a, I'm a standardist. I'm a classicist. You don't biohack? I don't biohack. I don't. I feel, um, I, I'm not against biohacking. In fact, I'm all in favor. I guess I'm too lazy. I've, it's, you know, the problem with You're that, a very healthy guy, though. I'm pretty healthy. The problem with it is most of our health and nutrition hacks seem scientific-ish because they're coming from a bunch of people who like science. And they talk, like, very smart. Yeah, but they're not <laughs> scientific at all. You need to run some randomized controlled trials with a couple thousand people, you know, d- take a thousand people, right, and divide them into groups of four. And one group has black coffee every day. Uh, they're observationally equivalent, right, okay? Right. One group has black coffee. One has coffee with coconut. What is it? Coconut. Coconut what? oil. Coconut oil. One has heavy cream, and the other has, uh, you know, that horrible excuse for a dairy product, which is 2% uh, or skim, skim milk. So anyway, you, now you run a trial with those 1,000 people divided in groups of four who have the same thing for three months or six months each, and then measure a whole bunch of outcomes over the course of six months, two years, five years, and then we'll have some science. But that is very rarely done in nutrition. Therefore, most nutritional claims that you read about are made-up advocacy. You might be right, and I appreciate your definition of seventh-grade science laboratory experience. <laughs> but And I do have a, a real question to ask you. But I do think uh, there is some benefit to the observational approach, particularly if you're testing on yourself. Because I could see for myself, for instance, let's say paleo diet versus an all-carbs diet. I could see for myself over a period of six months if I'm feeling better, if I'm weighing more, if I'm going to the bathroom more, whatever. I apologize. I don't mean to imply that even N of 1 observational studies are worthless. They're, they're certainly not. What I'm saying is that a lot of what we get handed as scientific-ish medical or nutritional advice is just not. And then you can try them on yourself. And also different people have different um, engines and metabolisms and, and something that works beautifully on one person will have a very different effect on another. And I do a lot of personal singular experimentation too. Like so. what? Um, diet stuff, exercise stuff, sleep stuff. I mean, a long time ago, I determined that the single most influential input for my human organism in terms of um, kind of state of mind and ability to be productive and ability to be nice to other people and all that stuff, the single most important input was sleep. Sometimes I wake up early and I can't get back to sleep and I've only gotten like five or six and I think to myself, oh, this is great. I'm going to have a super writing day today. I'm going to write forever today. And those are the days I get zero writing done. But if I sleep 10 hours, then bam, no problem. Mm. So because it doesn't take that long to write something good, but it could take a really long time to write something really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but my real question for you is, and maybe this is related. So the question is, and of course it comes from Cora, what problems are you facing in your daily life? And he adds to the question, I would love to help. And I get asked this question a lot via email, like people who 
want to, let's say, work for you or or help you in some way. And I really dislike when people ask me that question because they're giving me, they say they would love to help, but they're giving me work to do. I have to tell them what my problems are instead of them just solving the problems for me <laughs> without me having, without outsourcing to me. Um, now, I, now I have a homework assignment. What are, what's the list of problems I have? I don't need more work already. But anyway, that's just my private problem with this question. You kind of colored the whole scenario for but, me. But what problems? Uh, are they personal uh, or professional problems? Doesn't matter. Are you having problems with your wife? Let me help. I appreciate that, James. Um, so what's, you're what's, offering to help or you're offering to get this guy who no, offered I am, to help? Uh, I am uh, on, on Twitter a couple therapist. So therapists. I would say, are, is that true? Yeah, I help a lot of couples on Twitter. You're kidding. I'm no. kidding. Uh, every Thursday I do a Q&A, for, mostly for couples. What time? 3.30, Eastern oh, Standard Time. Right. Good to know. Couples and money. Mm. So I think the problem that I would most immediately like to solve, I guess this is a personal and professional problem, is I feel like I am way too impatient. And that sometimes is a a temporal issue. Like I literally just can't stand waiting, you know, even a short time for some things. It just way, I'm almost like, like, you know, when you have a really bad itch and you can't itch it, I almost feel like that. Like, I, there's no way I'm going to stand on this line for four minutes to get a cup of coffee when I really don't have anything to do for four minutes. Just like, I can't stand waiting sometimes. But more generally, I get really, really impatient when I'm working with people. And again, this could be in a Would you in a hurry up and spirit. finish this question, <laughs> this answer? You're absolutely right. I would, I would have put a knife through my eye by now if I were you. Um, I get impatient with people that I work with when it takes them when they when it takes them too long to figure out how to do a good job with stuff. I'm like, really? Like you can't really? That's not obvious. Like you don't get how to do that. And I hate that I feel like that because I don't. It's not a pleasant feeling for me, and I know it makes other people feel unpleasant. So that's the problem. I would like to um, to have some help with. What do you and, got for me? So first off, is the observation that you separate out the personal from the professional. I don't think you ever really do that, like you specifically, because you don't have a regular job. You're a writer, so the personal becomes the professional That's for true. you. Everybody you work with is your friend for a long period of time. Uh, you write with Stephen Levitt, for instance, who's your friend, and uh, uh, we do this podcast. Uh, you have to find time in your personal life to do either writing or podcasting. You have to make, you have to make many personal decisions to have a professional life, you specifically. Now, on the impatience part, uh, I think there's a difference between what you can control and what you can't control. So you can control, for instance, the people you hire to do things for you, but then what's out of your control, at least in the short term, is what they do. So you can't hire someone and then suddenly be impatient with what they do. You can't get, you can't, um, what is it? You've just described what I do, though. I know. So so that's the problem. So you have to... All right, so you, what do I do? You, you Other ha- than replace people, obviously. Well, you can replace people. That is one solution. But you kind of have to just surrender the result. And you, you have to say, okay, I hired this person. I'm not going to judge them for... You have to put yourself in a judgment-free zone for a while. Steven and I have this one under control, but I'm going to grab our QOD Magic 8-Ball just in case. We'll be right back. 
Today's show is sponsored by Howl.fm. Howl is a great service. It's like Netflix for podcasts, comedy albums, and original audio content. With access to Howl Premium, you'll receive exclusive access to a brand new Howl original dramatic miniseries called Fruit. Fruit tells the story of an African-American professional football player who struggles with his sexuality. The series is written and directed by Issa Rae, who's best known as the creator of the critically acclaimed web series The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl. She also writes and stars in the upcoming HBO comedy Insecure. The first episode of Fruit debuted February 3rd, and a new episode premieres every Wednesday. You can hear this provocative drama only with Howl Premium, where you can also get exclusive access to... All the archives of WTF with Mark Marin and all Earwolf and Wolf Pop shows. You can also get more than 120 hours of original miniseries and audio documentaries, plus dozens of comedy albums. New episodes and albums are being released every week. Get access to all this exclusive content on your iPhone, your Android phone, and on the web for only $4.99. That's less than $5 a month. And with the promo code QUESTION, as in question of the day, you will receive a full month trial for free. To redeem your promo code, make sure you create your account on the web at howl.fm. And again, enter the code QUESTION at checkout. Remember, to hear the new Howl original drama Fruit, along with dozens of additional original audio miniseries, go to howl.fm. That's howl, H-O-W-L dot F-M. Use the promo code QUESTION for a one-month free trial of Howl Premium. With every hire, you assume it takes three to six months for them to get up to speed. So you can't hire someone and then one month later say, I'm really impatient with what you're doing. I mean, you can. I'm not going to judge you. But uh, I would recommend keeping track of what's in your control with what's outside of your control. So if you delegate something that you don't want to do anyway to somebody else, then it's out of your control what the results are, at least in the short term. Are you implying, and maybe you're not, that... Maybe I am. When when one gets impatient, and I'm not even sure if impatient is the right word the more we talk about this, but are you implying that when one like me gets impatient with other people that it's because I am uh, disappointed in my own performance, even if that performance only includes the choice to hire that person? Yes. So you could imp- so for instance, use the standing on coffee line. You could have uh, maybe, again— for you, have an assistant. I could get have you picked a the pocket of the person in front of me while I was there. You're saying, and spent or, my time productively. Or you could have had coffee in the morning, you know, made for you, or you make the coffee rather than going out to a Starbucks and wait online for a half hour for coffee. Well, but wait, that's what I do probably nine out of ten mornings. So I have a coffee maker at home and at my office, identical because I like the same right. thing. But when but, you travel, you don't, right? Right. And, but see, that's what's frustrating is I optimize my life to suit me, but then I've become almost childlike in my inability to handle change and uh, so, so, suboptimal. So what I, w- what I try to do for myself in those situations is, is this in my control or not? So you, like you said, you optimize your life. So most of the time I can control, like 98% of the time I can control kind of the things directly around me. I can either delegate to someone else, not do something or whatever. But when you travel and you kind of uh, let go a little bit, it's out of your control. So you just have to say, okay, this was out of my control rather than say, oh, I hate waiting online. Just say, okay, this is one of those rare situations that are out of my control. 
you. What can I maybe enjoy from this? I'll tell maybe you I'll the, listen to music while I'm waiting well, in line. I, I do the, I'll tell you the one thing, the one prophylactic um, solution that has worked there, for me. There's more than one definition of prophylactic? Yeah, you know what prophylactic means? Prophylactic just means... Some, I, I know what I mean. Oh, just, oh, yeah. So the one solution prophylactically that has worked for me to some degree is meditation, which I only started, you know, we sometimes talk here about taking up things later in life, like learning things sure. as, a, as a kid is generally much, much easier, especially language-based things, but also physical things. But um, I learned meditation within the last, I guess, year and a half or so, and I'm not um, devout. I don't do it twice a day as prescribed. But I find that, um, speaking of observational studies, just including yourself, I find it really works well for me in that it does for your mind and body what physical fitness is supposed to do for your body, which is when you're under stress, you respond better. It's not about the moment necessarily being better. It's about when you're under stress, you respond better. I think that's an important observation about meditation, which is it's not about, okay, during those 60 minutes a day that you're doing it, that you're going to suddenly achieve some woo-woo enlightenment. Meditation is often called a practice. Right? So it's a practice for what? It's a practice for those moments when you're standing in the coffee line and you're feeling really impatient. And, and it's a practice for noticing, oh, I'm feeling impatient in a situation that's once again out of my control. So I can either figure out a way to be happy here or choose to not be in these situations more. But I've noticed now that I'm impatient because I've, because I've been practicing noticing what's going on in my brain through meditation. I, that's how I view meditation. I don't know. You that's know, it's funny. As you were talking... You just, were not paying attention. Just now, I kind of was paying attention. I was paying. So, like, when I said that I'm impatient, I'm also often impatient for other f people to finish speaking because I don't like to interrupt, but I also, I get bored easily, as, you know, many people do. And so, like, especially when I do interviewing, when I'm interviewing someone for a podcast, it's a fine line. It's like, I really, really, really want to let them have their say. I'm I'm there to hear what they have to say, not for me to you know, interject. But then I do have questions that I specifically want to ask them. But if I ask them a question that I'm really dying to know the answer to, then they start give a long answer. This is not an interesting answer to me. I just get frightfully impatient um, waiting for it to end or more likely I'll just interrupt and, and kind of stop it to get on with it. But as you were explaining the after effects of meditation, I found myself totally unimpatient because I think you lulled me into a sense of... I bored you. No, it was the opposite. Because usually it's boredom that makes me impatient. But uh, somehow talking about this, you've, you've talked me either down or up to another plane. Well, and now I just feel great, James. Listen to a clip from the next question of the day in just a moment. But first... What movies deserve to be in the all-time canon of great films? How about American Beauty? What struck me watching American Beauty is how much it felt like a period piece, even though it's only 16 years old. Forrest Gump. This movie gets painted as a conservative movie, but this movie just hates everybody. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Amy Heckerling cares about teenagers and understands teenagers. Star Wars. C-3PO is terrible, and uh, he treats his best friend really poorly all the time. But why and is he his best friend? They're just two robots. This Are is my blender and my toaster friends? Join the conversation on The Canon with new episodes every Monday. Listen on Wolf Pop, Howl, or your favorite podcast app. Here's what we have lined up for the next episode of Question of the Day. 
I would ask any listener to say, you know, let me look around my life and see, has there been anybody in my life who has been damaged or killed or made dysfunctional by alcohol? And has there been anyone in my life made dysfunctional, damaged or killed, whatever, by marijuana? Question of the Day is produced and mixed by Nathan Rossborough with Allison Hockenberry.